Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. Amen. All right, this morning we get to start and kick off our series on Hebrews. I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about the book of Hebrews. I don't know about you, but if you've read Hebrews before, there is so much in it that really challenges us, but excites us, that champions us, that helps us to look that um, hindsight is a good thing, that we can take a hold of what happened in the past and look at it now and say, okay, I'm not going to enter that. I'm going to continue to serve God and be all that he wants us to be. So as we go through this book, I want to challenge you. Open up your heart and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to teach me? You know, as you're reading through the week, please read it. It's not many chapters. It's only two chapters of the Bible. And so you can read it through the week. Take out your book. Do soap on it. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Look at it. See what God wants to speak to you in it. And then come the next week and hear what's brought from the platform that can just minister into your lives and challenge you. Do you like the word challenge? I like to be challenged by God because I want to continue to grow and develop and be all he wants me to be. All right, so the author of the book of Hebrews is unknown. A lot of people in the past have said that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but the more and more that they started to look at it and started to look at this book, they started to question whether or not Paul actually did write it. The reason being is that Paul was much more known in the Hebrew rather than in the Greek, and this book is written with much more Greek emphasis than it is with the Hebrew emphasis. It also looks at the whole book, and it's a lot about what happened in the Old Testament Testament. So the writer is very, very well known in the Torah, understood what the Torah said and was able to bring that in and counteract that with some of the things that were taking place. The letter was composed sometime during the latter half of the first century and the primary people who are addressed in the book were the Hebrew Christians, were the Jews. Now these Jews lived in Rome And at the time, they'd come back. They'd all been, you know, able to be saved. They became Christians. They come back into Rome and they're excited about their newfound faith. They go to the other Jews. There's a big fight that takes place between the Jews. And what happens is that then the um, Roman emperor at the time, he casts them all out. He says, right, you're going. And there's a whole lot of stuff taking place where there's infighting and there's even people from the persecution that are starting to turn their backs on Jesus and deciding that they're going to go back to the old ways. So what we see here is there is a writer that's coming and he's got a heart. He loves Jesus. He understands Jesus. He knew the disciples. He knew what it was to walk and understand what he was walking in and who he was walking with. And there was this thing that came inside of him that said, we're going to do everything we can to stop these Christians from turning their backs or stop the infighting or help them to understand that Jesus is who He said he was. So when we look in this book, right at the start in Hebrews 2, 14 to 15, because I'm going to do chapter 1 and chapter 2. I will flip backwards and forwards if that's okay with you today. 
Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in the way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. The reason the book is starting in the first two chapters about angels and also about a warning of going away from God was that the Hebrews started to think that Jesus was an um wasn't the same as the angels, that the angels were higher than him because he came down as a man, right? So here we see that they're all getting wrapped up because the Jews actually believed that the angels were going to take over the world. And here the writer comes and he's like, oh, no, 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 stop. The angels are not more powerful than Jesus. The angels can't save you. The angels can't take your sin. The angels can't do any of that. Only Jesus. God never said an angel would be his son, but he said Jesus would be. God never intended the angels to rule the earth. You know, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5 to 6, For to which of the angels did ever say, You are my son? Today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. So Jesus is more powerful, more greater than anybody else on the planet or in the heavens. Everyone bows down to worship Jesus. But here we see the Hebrews are losing the main thing. They're losing who Jesus really was. The writer was reestablishing the Hebrews' thoughts about Jesus and helping them to see that Jesus was more than an angel. Jesus was the answer to humanity, that he was made as human for every one of our lives to be changed by his death on the cross and the resurrection. So Jesus brings freedom to our lives. And this is what he wanted to speak into the Hebrews, into the Jewish people. He wanted to say to them, hey, hang on, Jesus brings freedom to our lives. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 to 18. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, we're God's children, right? We're made of flesh and blood. The son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Right there, it was only Jesus that could break the power of the enemy. Now Jesus came, died on the cross, rose again. When we accept him, the scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It also says that as you put your trust in Jesus and as you walk, you will see even greater things taking place. So therefore, when Jesus went to the cross, when he died for us and rose again and we accept that, we've got to understand that the victory is ours. Freedom is in our lives. So don't let the enemy try and tell you that you can't 
do what you're supposed to do. Don't let him come in the back door and tell you that you have to live like this for the rest of your life. Don't let him come in the back door and tell you that you can't do anything, that you can't speak, that you can't go, that you can't be who God is asking you to be. Because the victory was won at the cross and the freedom came through the acknowledgement of that. And what he was trying to say to the Jews right there was, hey, come on, I know the persecution is great. There was huge persecution. Some of them were taken. They were martyred. Some of them were kicked out. Some of them were treated with such um, angst, even to the point that some of them as Christians were turning back to the old way so that they would escape the persecution. And here comes the writer and says, whoa, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. He came. He came with power and authority. So come on, stop this. Get back on your track. Get back to believing who you're believing. The scripture says that even as Jesus was persecuted, we would be even more persecuted, but consider it joy. Oh, how exciting. You know, in the beginning... The Jews in the start, they got excited when they got kicked out of Rome. Woo! We're being persecuted. Then the second time it comes, they all come back and it starts to get really bad. And they go, we're going to run. We're going to run away from Jesus instead of run to him. Come on, let us not be believers that run away. Let us be believers that run to. And let us be believers that declare out of our mouth who Jesus is and what he is and what he can be in and through our lives. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So in this passage, the key things we learn are Jesus became human for us. No one else, just us. Why? Because he loved us. And it was only by him being human he could die on the cross. And by Jesus dying, the power of the devil has been broken. It means we now have eternal life, so no more fear of death. Isn't that awesome? I love this passage. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 to 57. Oh, death. Where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, but the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. If we believe in Jesus, if we understand who he is, if we can truly say he is our Lord, we do not have to fear death because guess what? We get to be with him in heaven. You seem really excited about that. Not saying you're going today. But you know what? It's the assurance. I know when my dad passed for the first time, sorry if I get, for the first time, that scripture really, really resonated. Oh, death, where is your sting? Suddenly I went, oh, I get it. 
The sting can't be there because I know where he is because of what he was and who he was on this planet. That he never turned his back on Jesus. That he never wavered in who he was. That he stood strong. That he always declared his name. And you know what? As we do that, death has no sting. There is no fear. There is nothing that can cause us to fear or understand that fear takes control of our lives. So therefore, when Jesus lives within us, we can say, fear, get out. So when the world says, oh, we're falling apart. The interest rates are going up. Let me just give you a bit of encouragement. Back in the 90s, we lived in 16% interest rates. We're still here. God's got this. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And he never, ever steps out of our room. So don't fear the changes. Walk in confidence. Don't change who you are. Walk in confidence. Come on. This is what he was saying to the Hebrews, to the Jews. He's saying, come on. Do you know who you're walking with? Stop running away. Get yourselves right back into the kingdom and walk with me and understand who we're walking with. Because Jesus has faced suffering and testing, he's able to help us in our testing. That's what the scripture says. It says here in 1 Corinthians 10.13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Come on, grab that scripture. The Word of God is full of promises. The Word of God is there for us. And this is what the writer was doing with these people, the Jews. He was coming back and he's going back into the Old Testament and he's pulling it out. And he's saying, come on, listen, 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 listen. Then he's going and he's saying, this is what's happened since Jesus died on the cross. Listen to me. Don't run away. When we face trials... Recognise the trials and the suffering are a part of life. Focus on God's sovereignty and promises and pray and rely on God's word and commit to growing in faith. What extraordinary promises come out of this passage of scripture. We're to stay firm in who we are. In this chapter 2, it opens up and it opens up with a really strong, clear direction for the people. Hebrews 2, 1 to 4. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. I want to give a warning right now. In this world right now, there's a lot of voices. If you've been listening on um, anything to do with YouTube, don't go hunting down YouTube and listening to rubbish. Because what's actually happening is people are listening to stuff that is not godly, is not theologically correct. It's only a theory. We're grabbing hold of the theories and we're running with them. And the next thing we know, we're walking out of the kingdom. How do I know this? Because as a pastor, it breaks my heart that people through the COVID period (laughs) walked away from the kingdom. And even declare out of their mouths now, nah, God's not real. Rubbish, he's not real. Come on, 
it's by faith. You'll hear about that in the next few chapters. In chapter 11, you'll hear by faith. It's not what you see. It's the knowledge and the understanding that God is real. So why, when we hear something that sounds like it's tickling our ears, we'll run after it and we forget to come back and look in the Scripture and go to the Scripture and start to cross-reference and start to see what's going on in the Word. See, in in this writer... He didn't just speak out of his own being. He actually went back and cross-referenced. I don't have time this morning to cross-reference into the Old Testament and back here. I wish we did, but I don't. But this is where you come in. Come on, start to study the book. Start to look at it. Even these first two chapters, there is so much in it that it's incredible. So then it says, For the message God delivered through the angels has always stood firm. And every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered up to us by those who heard him speak? And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. What I love about that is what makes you think you can escape. Sure, I don't believe in God anymore. Okay, you might say that. But there's consequences. And I'm not going to step out of that because I truly know that there is a God. And I'm not going to listen to the hearsays that tell me that this Bible isn't real or that the things of the Word of God aren't real or that because persecution and trials come, I'm going to walk away because it's easier to live outside of God than with God. It's not true. See, we must listen to the truth. The message of God has always stood firm. It has never wavered. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. We can't escape the consequences of Jesus' death and resurrection. If we accept what he did, we have salvation. If we ignore it, we have death. Simple as that. There's nothing else that we can look at there. You accept it, you have salvation. You ignore it, you have death. Your choice. Wow, Ruth, you're harsh. Yeah, that's what the word says. There is a Greek word, perisisterios. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. But anyway, it sounded good. (laughs) Which is used to describe how the readers such as us should approach our faith. Perisisterios means much more, more abundantly or especially. So it's important that we understand that God wants us to have much more, more abundantly. And he wants us to have everything that he knows we need. So it's important that as we go through this book, that we come with a desire to want more and be committed in a greater way to learning about the Word of God. Reading the Word and looking at how Scripture backs itself, we understand that the Bible is not merely words. It's the living Word. It's the life-changing Word. It's the Word that leads and guides you. 
And what I love is you can find something in the Old Testament and you can cross-reference it into the New Testament and suddenly you come alive and you're like, wow, I didn't see that in the Old Testament. Look, it's in the New Testament. It's everywhere God's moving. There are so many false teachings and false gospels in the world. And unless we are strong on what we believe, we can easily be seduced to believe false prophets and teachers. This is the warning that the writer is giving to the Jews. He's saying, stop, stop listening to those voices. Come on, come back to the truth. Come back to who Jesus is. In Matthew 24, 9 to 12, then you will be arrested, persecuted and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Opening lines. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. They're out there, people. The false prophets are out there. What voices are you listening to? Who are you getting wrapped up in? Come on, really think about what you're listening to and what you're feeding yourself. The gospel is about uplifting, empowering, encouraging, causing us to rise up and be all that Jesus wanted. He's asked the gospels and the Bible is teaching us to go and be who God is asking us to be. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, you know, make disciples. This is what the word of God is about. But there are people out there that are preaching things that are coming out that it's like, where are you going? Don't go down the rabbit warren. Let's get back to what... The basic is and understand what the word of God is. It says sin will be rampant everywhere. Oh, sounds a bit like our world, don't you think? And the love of many will grow cold. Oh, you can't grow cold if you don't believe in Jesus. Because you're already cold. But the scripture is saying... And if you listen to stuff that isn't what God wants, you'll grow cold. Come on, not in this church. Come on. We're going to be people who press into the power of God. We're going to be people who press into who he is. We're going to be people who understand that he is the God that sent his son Jesus to this earth to die on the cross, to rise again so we could have freedom and victory, that we could walk in the knowledge and the understanding that when we go out to do what he's asking us to do, we carry the anointing and the authority that he's given to us so we can see greater things in this world. But it's not about us. It's about the kingdom and it's about Jesus and it's about what he wants and what he wants to do in this world who's going to stand up the writer's saying come on come on press in don't walk away don't be fearful consider it pure joy as you go through trials of many kinds that's what James said see during the period of COVID many people lost their faith Whoa, I don't know about you, but that kills me. And the reason this happened is because they stopped fellowship, whether we were online, they didn't watch. They started listening to voices that weren't helpful. 
And they stopped allowing iron to sharpen iron. That's what it says in the Old Testament. And when iron sharpens iron, when we have some thoughts, somebody else goes, oh, not sure about that thought. Oh, let's study that together. Let's go into the word and let's see what that says. The false prophets are rising. And the reason this has happened, because they stopped allowing God to be in control. The Christians in the book of Hebrews had gone through much persecution and the writer was concerned they were going to turn away from Christ to avoid further persecution. They were listening to the false prophets. Being a believer is not easy. Don't ever let people tell you, ah, you're only a Christian because it's just so you've got somebody to lean on. (laughs) Being a Christian right now, we're warriors. And I don't see warriors being meek and mild. I see warriors rising up. I see warriors determined to see the world turned around. I see warriors determined to be who God's asking them to be. It is not time to be a wishy-washy Christian anymore. It's not time just to declare out of your mouth, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but Jesus sits over here on a pedestal while we go around and do whatever we want to. No, it's time for us to go back and put on the armour of God and say, I am his child. I am who I am and I will do what he's calling me to do and I will make a difference and I will be the woman or the man that he's calling me to be and nothing's going to stop me from being who God wants. No voice, no people that try to tell me that God is not real. I will stand and I will declare that he is real. What we saw today was not just hype. What we saw was the power of God ministering into lives and touching hearts. That's what he does. And so as the writer was encouraging them to come back, come back, come on, let's gather. Let's be strong together. You're always stronger together than alone. And if you're feeling alone, come on, get strong by being together. John 15, 19 to 20, the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Can I have the team, please? Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. And since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. When you are hearing the persecution of Christians on the television or in places and there is a knocking that comes against the Christian church, don't cow back and think, oh no, rise up and go, they're persecuting us. We're about to win a war. We're about to win because God has won the war. He won it. He gave us a victory. Yeah, there's going to be a move of the Holy Spirit because the enemy's scared. Oh, sorry about that. I'm excited because when I see what's taking place, something inside of me rises up. Ah, He thinks he can attack the church, does he? Does he know who he's coming against? Does he understand? Does he really know? Come on, Jesus is still going. Roman Empire isn't. Just thought I'd throw that out. 
puts it into perspective. He won the war. So how do we stay firm? Be in the Word. Worship Jesus. Stay connected. Remain in the community. Address where you are weak and allow Jesus to make you strong. Jesus is looking for men and women who are willing to stay strong and not drift away. The writer of the Hebrews knew the power of Jesus. The writer knew that to stay strong was a determination to never stop growing and never stop serving. The writer's heart was to empower the Jews in the book of the Hebrews and to put back in them a solid foundation of Christianity. If you're feeling you're drifting, let's get back to the foundation of Christianity. Let us be determined to stand strong and be all Jesus is calling us to be. Resound Church, we're going forward. Resound Church, we're going there. We're going to take the army out. We're going to see people come to know Jesus. We're going to see lives turned around. We're going to see the miracles in the street. We're going to be the people that God has asked us to be. It doesn't mean we preach at people, but what it does mean is that we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We lead them to a Saviour who can change their lives. We love on them. We nurture them. We care for them because that's what Jesus has called us to do. Together, we are better. I think that might be the Waterman slogan. So this morning, we've started this series and I've just touched the iceberg of what we're going to receive through the book. Can I encourage you this morning? If you're going through a difficult time, if you're questioning your faith, be willing today to say, Jesus, I want to put you back in your rightful place. And I'm willing over these next few weeks in this series to let go and grow and be all that God is asking me to be. Jesus, bring the freedom and through that freedom, we can stay firm in our lives as Christians. He's the answer. And that's what the Hebrew writer was getting over to those um, Jews. Thank you. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.